0: My name is Jim Fleming, and this is Our Sunday School. Our Sunday School is part of Stewart Heights Baptist Church in Chattanooga, Tennessee. To prepare for this lesson, please go to OurSundaySchool.com for a copy of today's handout. Now, let's get to this week's lesson. Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Our Sunday School. Glad you guys are with us this morning. Uh, If you have your... Dave, what page are we on this morning? If you have your uh, teal books... I haven't wanted to say green in a hot minute, so I didn't, which is good. But can we go to the next slide, Dave? We're on page uh, 70 in the Teal book. And uh, we'll start as we do each week, reading through the first chapter of Colossians. Uh, and I got to say, it, it is, uh, Brian started doing this on Wednesday nights at the beginning of his series that he's currently doing, uh, The Baptist Faith and Message, which we did in Sunday school a lot faster, many, many years ago. Uh, and he has started reading most of the text that the Baptist Faith and Message references talking about any individual article. He does that at the beginning of each one of the lessons. And for many of the lessons, it's 15 to 20 minutes of just listening to Scripture. And it has been beautiful to watch our people get used to just listening to Scripture. Uh, So I want to say and commend you all for the great job that you do when we read the text, that we all just listen, which is fantastic. So keep it up. It's great. So Colossians chapter 1, here we go. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by God's will, and Timothy, our brother, to the saints in Christ at Colossae, who are faithful brothers and sisters, grace to you and peace from God our Father. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, for we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all the saints because of the hope reserved for you in heaven. You have already heard about this hope in the word of truth, the gospel that has come to you. It is bearing fruit and growing all over the world just as it has among you since the day you heard it and came to truly appreciate God's grace. You learned this from Epaphras, our dearly loved fellow servant. He is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf. And he has told us about your love in the spirit. For this reason also, since the day we heard this, we haven't stopped praying for you. We are asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding so that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might. So that you may have great endurance and patience, joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has enabled you to share in the saints' inheritance in the light. He has rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the Son he loves. In him we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, for everything was created by him, in heaven and on earth, the visible and the invisible whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated and hostile in your minds as expressed in your evil actions, but now he has reconciled you by his physical body through his death to present you holy, faultless, and blameless before him, if indeed you remain grounded and steadfast in the faith and are not shifted away from the hope of the gospel that you heard. This gospel has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and I, Paul, have become a servant of it. Now, I rejoice in my sufferings for you, and I am completing in my flesh what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for his body, that is, the church. I have become its servant, according to God's commission that was given to me for you, to make the word of God fully known. The mystery hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to his saints. God wanted to make known among the Gentiles the glorious wealth of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. We proclaim him, warning and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone mature in Christ. I labor for this, striving with his strength that works powerfully in me. For I want you to know how greatly I am struggling for you, for those in Laodicea and for all who have not seen me in person. I want their hearts to be encouraged and joined together in love so that they may have all the riches of complete understanding and have the knowledge of God's mystery, Christ. In him are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Colossians chapter 1 and a little 2. So, All right, so last week we jumped into one of the most beautiful pieces of text in all of the New Testament, this Christ hymn. Uh, and I didn't really talk a lot about uh, I didn't really talk a lot about the structure of how things shift, but uh, I do want to point out a couple of things real quick. So Zeke and Shanda, you guys both have one of the resources this morning, right? So if you'll hold them up high so everybody can see. Now what does everybody notice, just as a quick glance at Zeke and Shanda's books. Do they look like the same book? Zeke and Shanda, are they the same book? No. Shanda, can you tell me who wrote your book? N.T. Wright. And Zeke, who wrote your book? Thompson, Alan J. Thompson. You're like, but they look like the same book. Yeah. So I'm going to walk you through kind of how this works with commentary sets. So this is a, what's the name of the commentary set? The uh, you, That was fantastic. It's bonus points for even in being in unison. It was kind of, it, it's only slightly c- creepy, right? So it's the Tyndale New Testament commentaries, right? Uh, And N.T. Wright wrote his back in, I think, 83. Uh, Thompson comes in at 2022, 2023. It was very recently released. I think it was this year or last year. Uh, But one of the things that commentary sets do is that once they get several decades old, they will ask a current modern scholar to come along with a fresh set of eyes on this particular text and all of the additional analysis, research, Uh, historical information that has come along since the several decades past. And uh, one of the things that happens is like on page 79, Zeke? Is it close? Is that where the grid is? I think I'm in the ballpark. Probably within five pages, maybe. The grid in the upper right-hand corner. We should have rehearsed this before Sunday school began. It's okay. 57. Oh, that wasn't even in the ballpark. I'm not going to, that's not, mathematically speaking, that's not close. Uh, So Zeke, can you describe to me that grid that you're looking at? Has anybody ever thought about creating a table to describe the distribution of the types and the components of Greek verbs as they appear in different pericopes? I was flipping through this book, and I almost lost my mind. I was like, I can use Excel to do this type of analysis. So that is, in fact, what I did. Um, (laughs) And uh, when I got this book, I actually, I have a text chain along with several of the pastors here at church, and I sent a, a picture of this, uh, which, can you guess who I did not send a picture of this to? I did not send a picture of this to Daryl, that's right. Uh, I, who I did send a picture of this to? Patrick and Brian, right? So that, um, and they both were like, that is really kind of crazy, and I bet you are loving every bit of that. <laughs> And here's my challenge. My challenge is Dr. Thompson did not do that work. Look at the footnote at the bottom of that page. I think it's the first footnote. Moo. You're like, moo? W- what? Yeah, Doug Moo. Dr. Douglas Moo, uh, who is one of the most like, preeminent Greek scholars. Like, he, he's, he's up there, right? And uh, Dr. Moo did this work based on work that he did back in the 70s. We have better copies of things since then. And the text that you're looking at there is very, very, very close. But there's something that I want us all to notice about, so his numbers are just slightly off from the version of the New Testament that we are studying in the Teal book. So I say this. So if you were to go do the math, it's off just a little bit. But... Did you notice the way the text sounds different when we get to verse 15? Because up until verse 15, let's just talk about first, second, and third person. All right? So first person are uh, I, me, my, mine. Right? It's like, me, I'm the best. Second person is you, your, y'all, y'alls. Okay? So there you go. It's all, it's you. Third person is He, him, his, her, her, hers. Like I'm pointing to somebody else. All the verbs in the pericope that we're in right now, 1, 15 through 20, are third-person singular. Because it is not about Paul. It's not about the Colossians. It's about who? Jesus. There you go. It's exactly right. So just please understand... You can't give me a text of scripture that I am going to love more than last week, this week, and Lord willing next week. Because it is only and exclusively about Christ. It's amazing. So we pick up with verse 17 today. Uh, I just wanted us to make sure we had a good mathematical understanding of how we can to use all of the gifts that God has given us uh, for the study of his word. Because it is good. Ah, there it was. I saw you working on one. I wasn't sure where it was going to come in, but it was. They were the wheels were turning. The wheels were turning. All right, so let's take a look at today's text. Uh, and again, we think this is a. Uh, that's a fun color. Uh, again, we think this is a uh, poem or a hymn of sorts because of the shift in the type of language. So verses 17 and 18 is all on one screen today. So he's before all things, and by him all things hold together. He is also the head of the body of the church. He is the beginning firstborn from the dead, so that me, he might come to have first place in everything, right? You see how we're talking about one person exclusively all the way through? This is critically important. Let's go to the next slide, and let's jump in on page 70. So verse 17, he, who is the he? Jesus, this is our Lord Jesus Christ. He is, that's a present active indicative, it's right now, it's continuous, it's a statement of fact. He is before. Now, when you say before, before can actually mean a couple of different things. But in the context of what he's talking about right here, I just want to like show us like prepositions describe uh, placement or movement or position of things. So let's take a look at the preposition circle here real quick. So here's all the different Greek prepositions that show up in the New Testament. Um, and this is not mine. I, I borrowed a, like half a dozen different things and cobbled this together and it's like yay it exists Uh, but it gives you an idea of the type of movement so dia right here is through so to go through something Uh, mata is with with or amid in the middle of something n is in Uh, you get apa uh, which is away or off of you get so you get all types of different relationships here the one we're looking at here dave is um, click that's click there Nope, back one, there we go, uh, is before or in front of. So this is uh, para, uh, And the idea is it's before you get to the object that we are referencing. So in context here, he is before all things. Why is that important right there relative to what he just said in verses 15 and 16? He's talking about creation, right? He's talking about creation. So, so if, he, if everything was created by him in heaven and earth, visible, and invisible, thrones or dominions, rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him, does Christ get to show up after all things are created? You're like, no, that doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah, that's right, because Christ was here before all things. And most of you right now are going, well, yeah, this is where we get that from <laughs> like this is an important text you do you see how much weight we put on this hook like this hook is an incredibly important hook in all of the theology of the new testament it is a beautiful beautiful thing so he has created before most everything Your head should have done the exorcism thing right there. You're like, no, 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 no. Before all. This is the fourth time all shows up in our uh, Christ hymn here. So application in the bottom of this page, I would argue, is our Lord Jesus Christ is before all. You're like, Jim, that that sounds like the text. Yep. Because every once in a while, Paul has simple sentence structure. (laughs) And we are going to rejoice when he does. (laughs) It is wonderful. Now, uh, what do we do? So, so this is in the context of creation, right? So he's before all. So he's existed for longer than anybody else. So what do we do with people we are around who have existed for longer than we have? You honor them. You respect them, right? You listen to them. Why? They've been doing this longer. Does this make sense in the context of all of creation? Why we would not, like, perhaps, just perhaps, our Lord Jesus Christ has something to say about the way the world works since he made it. Right? This has all kinds of amazing implications for us. I I think the least of which is just my my personalization is respect him. I kind of like yours honor him even more. So put respect and honor both in there. That's fantastic. So our Lord Jesus Christ is before all. Yes, please. Worship him. him. Oh, we're getting there too. Don't worry. Yes. (laughs) Put them all down. Absolutely. This is one of those rare spots where uh, I think there are so many personalizations here. Because this is one of the, you know, the the Septuagint uh, is the Greek translation of the Old Testament. Uh, It was originally written in Hebrew and Aramaic. And... Uh, the, the New Testament scholars would sometimes describe it as the 70-faced uh, the jewel because every time you turn it, you saw something more beautiful about the actual text itself. They call it 70-faced because there were 70 people that worked on it and put it together. Uh, but I think this is one of those, like, oh, that's beautiful. Oh, that's beautiful. Oh, that's beautiful. Oh, that's beautiful. I mean, just stare into the beauty of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's wonderful. All right, just, just one, it's wonderful. So, he is above, He is before all. What's the Greek word after things there? Let's go to the next slide, Dave. Eh? What's the Greek word after things? There's not, right. We put things in so that it doesn't sound awkward. You could just very easily translate it. Uh, he is before all. Because is he before all people? Is he before all physical objects? Yep. Is he before all invisible things that we don't really think about as things? Yep. He's before all. And we're going to get to the invisible stuff that we don't think about. <laughs> and, but wait, there's more. By him, I'm on page 71 now, by him all things hold together. All right. Uh, I am not a very good writer. I think I am fairly good at cobbling together things that other people have done and putting them in a format that can theoretically at least be consumed. Uh, But my sentences come out just like the one that I said. They are woefully complex, way overly, it's just, it's too many words, right? It's just too many words. But I could talk for days about this by him all things hold together. Because there's so many ways he could actually do this. So let's just look at each one of the words. So and, just means and, by, which is the Greek word uh, in, or in him, in him singular, all, this is the fifth time all shows up in our Christ hymn. And then you get this things hold together. Um, I'm going to start with looking at the parsing of this verb. It's the perfect active indicative. And a perfect tense is uh, interesting because a perfect tense is... Uh, let's Well, let's see what Dr. Wright says about this. Here we go. Uh, in the perfect tense, indicating that everything has held together in him and continues to do so. Right, so the perfect tense is something that is action completed in the past with the results felt in the present. So all things hold together, which means... Our Lord Jesus Christ did something in the past that caused and is still causing all things to hold together. If you have never thanked God for all things not flying apart, here is your opportunity. Because we don't think about, like, what are you worried about today? Well, I'm worried about everything flying apart. Like, really? Like You got some project that's going to blow up? No, no, I mean like every atom in the universe. I'm worried about it flying apart. What would a normal response to that be? You shouldn't worry about that. Like, what are you worried about that for? There's a reason we don't have to worry about that. And the reason is not a what. The reason is a who. And, and this is big, because if you go to Wikipedia and... Try to find out why does stuff not fly apart. The reason Wikipedia will give you is strong interaction. Now, does anybody know what strong interaction is? Anybody studied like physics at the subatomic level? That's what I'm talking about here. There's four fundamental forces in the universe that physicists have discovered. Electromagnet, uh, electromagnetism, which is uh, like objects repel, opposite attract, Right? There is gravity, which we all are aware of. Yay, gravity. Then there's weak interaction and strong interaction. And weak interaction and strong interaction, we actually kind of came up, we as if I was in part of that uh, group, no. Uh, Really brilliant scientists a long time ago uh, postulated that for the math to work on how we can explain how the universe doesn't fly apart, we need to describe why things don't fly apart. And there were several people that put forward a lot of different theories. And basically what they landed on was that there is a force at the subatomic level. It doesn't work once you get outside the atom. None of this stuff, the strong and the weak interaction, none of this works outside the atom. It only works at very, very small levels. And you're like, well, that seems weird. Yeah. And by him, all things hold together. Who could have designed such a system? If... If the strong interaction was weaker than gravity or electromagnetism, everything flies apart. And what happens when an atom loses its structure and flies apart? Does anybody know what happens? What's that? Yeah, it gets very hot. Very, very, very hot. So, I'm going to take a stab at something. This is Jim's guess. I'm going to stand over here while I guess. My guess is, and I'm going to say something. To Some of you are going to make your heads explode. And then, huh. uh And then, <laughs> that was funny. Uh, and then I'm going to fix it. So I'm going to say something that I believe in the Big Bang. You're like, what is going on? You know where I'm going with this. I believe in the Big Bang. I don't believe the Big Bang happened at the beginning of all things. I think the Big Bang is going to happen at the end of all things. Because at the end of all things, how does this universe come undone? Does anybody know the text? The elements melt with fervent heat. Do you know what happens if all of a sudden Jesus Christ says, Strong interaction, be no more the elements would melt with fervent heat and everything would fly apart and it all all would come undone because our Lord Jesus Christ is holding it together. Now, if he's using strong interaction, I think that's cool. If he's not using strong interaction, that's even cooler because it's something that I can't even comprehend. Woo! woo. I need to contain myself. Sorry. (laughs) Julie's giving me looks. She's giving me looks. Uh, but if you look this word up in different translations, in different English translations, what you'll see is that this is the uh, uh to come into the condition of coherence. And we don't, we don't use the word coherence very often. We use the word coherent when somebody is able to be understood, when there's a structure and an order and an arrangement so that this can be comprehended. So when you guys opened up your teal books today, Did you notice that page 70 came immediately before page 71? And then came page 72. What came after page 72? Page 73. There's an orderly, structured arrangement, and it doesn't fly apart. It stays orderly and structured. And think about how much of our lives we have built upon the belief that what Christ put together will remain together in an orderly, structured way. Everything. Whether we know it or not, we have hung everything on that verse. He's doing stuff right now that our existence depends on, and we're not even aware of it. That's how amazing our God is. And this is just one little statement in the midst of a whole bunch. So I'm going to finish Dr. Wright's quote now because I needed to kind of insert the word in there for just a second. So through him, through Christ, the world is sustained, preventing, prevented from falling into chaos. This is awesome. This tells us something about our God that he is a God of order and structure, not a God of disorder and chaos. And this is very important for us because if our God vacillated back and forth between order and structure and disorder and chaos and order and structure and disorder and chaos, then he is like the Greek gods that were worshiped at the time Colossians was written. Do you see how Paul is putting our God up against the disordered, uh, like ooh, Zeus has a whim. He wants to go do this, so he does this, and the happen, and it's just craziness. Not our God. Our God holds all things together. I told you I could talk about this for a minute. So, my application here at the bottom of uh, page seventy-one is: Our Lord Jesus Christ enabled all existence to exist. Because he did. He enabled all existence to exist. My response, you may have a different one. My response is to be awed by him, A-W-E-D. I cannot say that word. My Shelbyvillian background prevents me from pronouncing that word properly. To be awed by him. Uh, Every time I say it, Microsoft Word's dictate function shows a different word. It is stunning in my inconsistency, in my inability to say the word, but I love the word. Be awed by him. There's a couple implications from this as well, is that existence will exist as long as our Lord Jesus Christ wills it to, and we cannot destroy the universe. You're like, well, that's weird. Actually, it's awesome. (laughs) It's really awesome. Like, We cannot individually or collectively destroy the universe. It will be destroyed when our Lord Jesus Christ undoes whatever he did that is holding it all together, which should give us peace and comfort and stability in our lives, which is amazing. That's just two pages. Let's keep going. Page 72. He is. Present active indicative. Right now true statement of fact. Also, (laughs) the head of the body. You like the head. Well, this word shows up two other times in Colossians, in 2.10 and in 2.19. And every time this word shows up in Colossians, it's always talking about our Lord Jesus Christ. And I don't know the last time you've listened to all of Colossians or read all of Colossians. I'm sorry, I interrupted your thought. What would you have? You should never play poker. But yes. And <laughs> 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 um, I, I, have a I truly I don't know if this is a good question for now or if this is like an after No, it's great. Oh. Um, I I would say that's actually not how the human body works because the brain is firing off all sorts of things that force things to happen in other parts of the body. Again, so I am, uh, Miss Shanda right back there is nodding at me just a little bit and she knows way more about the human body than I do because you are a occupational therapist, therapist, which is fantastic. Um, I will tell you, the other times that Paul talks about the body, in Colossians, he talks about the other parts of a human body. And he's painting a very clear visual picture of a, like, Christ is the head, and all the other parts are connected to that. Because we, I, I would struggle seeing the wreath analogy. Yes. Yes. Interesting question. I like that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. I like it. Uh, All right. So he is also the head of the body, the church. Now, so a couple of things here. Um, Our Lord Jesus Christ leads the church. Right. So we just we'll just make that as a blanket statement. That's one of your applications at the bottom of page 72. Our Lord Jesus Christ leads the church. Many, 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 many implications from this. Uh, But we don't lead the church. We don't head up the church, which is great, uh, which means the church doesn't rely on us for its existence, which is great. Do you you see how all of these truths about Jesus Christ lower our anxiety level in the process of understanding who he is? Because he's literally got it all. Like All the responsibility is on his side. And the church cannot be overcome. Because if... Christ is the head of the church. Who do you have to overcome to overcome the church? You have to overcome Christ. So who is greater than Christ? No one. Who is before Christ? No one. Who is more powerful than Christ? No one. Who can can put their resume up next to Colossians 1, 15 through 20, and go, yes, I qualify to be the head of the church? No, 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 no. (laughs) We are safe in him. No matter how much... Anybody tells you the sky is falling. Right? Because there are a lot of people out there saying, the sky is falling, we have to do crazy things in the name of Christ to go do. (sighs) Can I share with you a quote from my friend Jared Wilson? He wrote the Sasquatch thing I read last week, so y'all better get ready. Uh, American evangelicals are prone to panic. We could stop right there, couldn't we? Like, just... (laughs) Like, that's sad, but we are. Uh, About the waning faith in our nation. But we forget America is not the center of Christianity. The center of Christianity is seated at the right hand of the Father, and of his kingdom there is no end. And when I start to think that I am the one that holds it together, come on, come on. No, our Lord Jesus Christ leads the church, so we submit to him because he is the leader The church is a body. How about we behave as a body? That'd be cool. That'd be real cool. All right, so he is also the head of the body, the church. I love how even even in these little, it makes me feel better about my uh, inserted uh, clauses in almost every sentence that I speak. Uh, to try to explain and clarify what I am trying to say. Paul does this nonstop, even in the midst of this statement, 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 statement. Yeah, but the body, he's the head. I'm talking about the church here. Just make sure we're all on the same page. It's beautiful. He's the head of the body, the church. He is, page 73, the beginning. You're like, the beginning? The beginning of what? Yes. (laughs) Like, Whatever you want to put there next, he's the beginning. right? Remember, our Lord Jesus Christ is older than all things, so he is the beginning. And then we get to this this word that can lead us into real bad heresy, Uh, so we want to make sure we don't. The firstborn from the dead. So the firstborn, we'll go back to our BDAG uh, definition from a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Protoktikos. This is not necessarily the firstborn. This is the having special status associated with the firstborn. Like you, you get a certain amount of clout and respect and, I don't know the word, but there's, there's honor that comes with you being the firstborn. So he is the firstborn from the dead. So why would we say that Christ is the firstborn from the dead? Is he the first person to ever come back from the dead? No. Well, if he's not the first person to come back from the dead, why do we care? I didn't have a thorough enough sentence, today. I? Is he the first person to come back from the dead and stay undead? Yes. Oh, yeah. Now we have a different category. Now we have a different category. This is uh, Archbishop Gasparo Contarini. He was not a good Catholic. He was actually a really good evangelical, and the Pope was threatened, so the Pope made him a bishop, which is an interesting way to try to build an alliance. It did not work out well for the Pope. (laughs) I will just say that. This is what uh, Contarini says about this particular text. Many rose from the dead prior to Christ, but they all rose to a mortal life, and then they would all die again. Christ alone was raised to an immortal life over which death has no dominion. So he's before all things. He's above all things. And he's also not scared of death. (laughs) Like, it's enough. Like, how much more is he going to put on Christ's resume? This is unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Like, our Lord Jesus Christ is the first to resurrect and never die again. So trust Him and don't fear. My Jesus has been there. He's done that. He's got the keys to everything that can be bound and unbound. He's got it. The firstborn from the dead. So that He might come to have the first place in everything. So that He might come to have the first place. This word first does not look like a verb in English, does it? It is a verb in Greek. And if you try to translate this literally, you end up with a sentence that would make Yoda's head explode because it is just so incredibly awkward in English. So we just translate it here as an adjective, which is fine because it, it works really well. This is a present active participle. This is his habit. This is his normal way of being, is first place. The BDAG actually says that this is to hold the highest rank in a group. Now you know where we're going, right, Mitch? This makes yesterday's text more sense. Uh, so, Mitch, you served in the military. Thank you for your service. What was your rank, your highest rank that you achieved? Chief Petty Officer. And when you walked into the... And what If... if an 18-year-old kid wanted to enlist in the Navy, what's he going to enlist as? Seaman recruit. recruit. And if a seaman recruit walks into a room and you are in the room, as a, and you are in your chief petty officer garb, what had that person better do? Well, he better respect the rank that you have. I knew, I knew, I knew, I knew, I would not have to say it. I knew I would not have to say it. He will respect the rank. The rank will be respected. Can you think of any text in the New Testament where Christ's rank as head of all things will be respected one day? Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. So that he might come to have first place in what? In everything. It's the Greek word all. In all. In all, in all, in all. He is first among the living. He is first among the dead. He has first place in all. So what do you think we ought to do here? Worship Him. Yes, that's where my worship Him came in, right there. Worship Him, worship Him, worship Him, worship Him. Yes. And the beauty here is that there's some implications from this is that we don't have to carry the weight of first place. I, I don't have the shoulders for it. You don't have the shoulders. We don't have the shoulders for it. We can rest in the finished work of the one who is. So I'll leave you with a couple of quotes from Dr. Thompson, who is the new version of Dr. Wright. So Dr. Thompson, not only do all creation have its origin through Christ, Christ is also the end goal of all creation. Christ himself is the means by which the end goal is reached. There is a ton of beautiful, wonderful theology wrapped up in that little statement right there, my friends. Christ is the assurance that all things will reach that future goal. He has done it. Do not fear, brothers and sisters. The Christ we serve has done it. (laughs) What else do you want? (laughs) What an amazing God we serve. What an amazing, oh my goodness, I just looked at the time. That's terrible. Well, he's worth it, so there we go. All right, hard crash landing right here. Thank you for coming to Sunday School today. You've got your weekly updates on the table. Grab one of those. uh, Pray over the prayer requests. uh, And then you are free, we are free to go and to worship this one who is not like anybody else. And it is good for us. So thanks for coming today, guys. Thanks for engaging. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast, YouTube channel, and weekly email. You can subscribe to all three of those at OurSundaySchool.com.